You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In this league, every every Sunday, that um, you know, there are teams that get beat that aren't favored to get beat. From my standpoint as a coach, I mean, every day is important for you. Operation, how you handle it mentally. Do you let yourself get carried away with what went on? You know, against the Raiders, or do you bear down and get yourself right uh, for a good Cowboy team coming in? Starting today, and one day at a time, one play at a time, that whole that whole thing there, so becomes so important. So that's where we're at. Uh, and we, I mean, listen, we look forward to people coming to Arrowhead. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we don't want them excited. We, we like that. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. But as a football team, we got to make sure we take care of our business. And finally, baby, we are back. It is show and BK on the Chiefs. My man BK's in the building. Cert is in the building looking beautiful as ever with his Al Borland flannel shirt on. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things that you do, Steve. I don't know why. I don't know why you don't do it more. I really don't. Um, I do it a lot. I have a lot flannel. of flannel. Yeah, it's chilly. It's like it's almost 30 degrees outside in Kansas City. H- how many days a week you go flannel? This is my second this week. I feel like that's, that's a lot. 50-50. Personally, for me, it's not good enough. I I need four. Well, I mean, I don't want to wash flannels every week. That's I don't need you to that, wash them. I need you to just buy more flannels. <laughs> In fact, I want you to know I bought a beautiful piece, obviously, from Old Navy. I bought a beautiful flannel piece that I cannot wait to rock together. It's a bit of a teal and cream flannel look. Oh boy, I cannot wait to. You know what? When I see you next, that's what I'll have on. So I'm should I wear a flannel next time we hang out over you're Thanksgiving? Damn, you're damn right, baby. <laughs> flannels up. <laughs> flannels up. All right, man. How about the Chiefs? Now people are talking a little bit different about these boys. Now they're talking a little bit different. People think the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs are back with their win over the Raiders, as I called. Um, uh, who? Who? One of you all went against the Raiders. Was it you, Serta? I went against the Chiefs. I, I picked the Raiders in this one. Oh yeah, it was you, BK. You picked yeah. the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they're back to six and four. They lead the division. That Thanks for quick. the reminder. Yeah, I did. Yep, they win the. Uh, they lead the division that quick at six and four. But they have, arguably, I think you can call their toughest test of the season right now at Arrowhead. They play the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's going to be watching this game with the popularity of these two teams, and especially Patrick Mahomes against the Cowboy brand. What, what, what for you, BK? What, what does this game signify to you uh, as this may be their toughest test? Yeah, for me, this is your last pass fail. Uh, the rest of the season, you got Denver, Vegas, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Denver. None of those teams, at this point in the season at least, I don't think any of them are viewed as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I think like three, four weeks ago, we would have had the conversation about the Chargers and maybe we would have viewed that differently. At this point, I don't think they're viewed in that ilk. So this is the last time that you're going up against a legit Mm. Super Bowl contender this year. And so far, you've gone up against Baltimore. You lost. You went up against Buffalo. Lost. Tennessee. Lost. Green Bay had the chance to be one of those games, but then Jordan Love started for him. I can't count that win as going up against a legit Super Bowl contender when Aaron Rodgers wasn't even in the game. This is your last chance to really convince people that you can beat quality opponents, Ron. And so going into this one, it's a pass fail for me. This isn't about style points. If your defense gives up 41 and you score 42, that's fine. If you end up winning this 17-13, all right, I'll still have some questions about the Chiefs offense moving forward, but you will have proven to me and I think to uh, national media alike, you can go out there and against the best of the best, and the Cowboys are right up there with the best of the best in this league right now. You can beat them head-to-head on any given Sunday. And right now, I think you can make a legitimate case, if you're somebody that's skeptical of the Chiefs still, that they have not done that. They haven't shown that they can do that. This is their chance to do so on Sunday. 
Mm, see, real, see, mm, that's interesting. You you think you think the Chiefs are in real need to prove to to people that they are that they can be good teams. Like you think they're yeah. absolutely, yeah. What we've we been talking haven't, about all season. They haven't done it yet. They, they, yeah, I don't. They, I, yeah, I don't. I frankly, I don't give a damn about if they to people. Do you think? Because to me, it's just the the Chiefs themselves. Because I don't. I don't know that it matters to people. I, for for them, for for me, it's. I would. I would wonder. Do the Chiefs inside, because of the experience and what they've done. They've been to back to back Super Bowls. Do they believe? they can beat good teams. Do I they think be- there's a lingering question inside. I think in the right, past. So that, so that more makes sense. If, the, sure. if this is one they need to prove to themselves. Do you do you not believe last week? So you don't believe last week was a move to prove to themselves that they can beat a quality team. They go on the road. This is for first place, a team in the Raiders that have been winning. Like, I don't think the Raiders are on this par. Right with the, with the Cowboys, but I do think they're a good football team. They played them on the road. They were ready and jacked for that. Like you think, you think there is doubt within the Chiefs. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I believe that. I, I, I don't know I'm, how there couldn't be. Like at this point in the season, if you go into the playoffs in the past, even if you got down early, this team knew we've got what it takes to come back, even against the best of the best. That hasn't shown up this year, man. It just hasn't been the case. They get down early against these quality opponents, and it's over. And that's what's changed for this year's Chiefs team compared to years past, is there was never a time where you felt like a game was over. And yet this year, you lose by 18 at home against Buffalo. You lose by 24 on the road at Tennessee. This has been different, and there's no way that we can look at it as anything but different. The offense hasn't been the same up until this week. And this was a huge step, Ron. Absolutely. This was a big step in the right direction. And I'm not trying to um, put down what they were able to accomplish against Vegas. That was a huge, huge win. And they had to have it. And they looked awesome in that game. It was the first time I've enjoyed and had fun from start to finish in a Chiefs game, probably all year long. And it was the first time they played well all around all year long. That being said, against a quality opponent like the Cowboys, or if you get into the playoffs and you're playing the Bills or the Titans or the Ravens, yeah, I think there would be some lingering doubt if they get down early as to whether or not they're going to be able to come back in that game. I don't think that existed the last couple of years. And if you don't beat the Cowboys on Sunday, I don't know how you remove that from the equation. So for me, and I would assume within that locker room, that's something that Sunday represents. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, like think back to the 2019 playoff game against the Houston Texans where like down big early, everything going wrong for Kansas City and nobody was ever worried about that game, right? And then the Chiefs just rattled off 40 points in a row or however many it was. And that's because you had faith that they could do all of those things. And that's how we came into this season thinking, well, they always figure it out. Patrick Mahomes always figures it out. Like BK said, Last week was the first week all season. I've been hosting these post-game shows for Arrowhead Pride every single week. That was the most fun post-game show I've had all season because it was the first game this year where they didn't do frustrating stuff, where they didn't do things where even if they got a win, where you still like you didn't come out of that game being like, well, I just don't know if they're any good. Like You came out of that game being like, okay, they're still good. And they can still put this together and they can still figure this out. But I don't think the Raiders are quite as good as I thought they were at the beginning of the season. So it's still a quality win, but this is the one that matters. This is the one that's going to decide how I think about them the rest of the year. See, I want to specify what I'm thinking is like, I'm talking like, I don't like, I don't think within that locker room, there was, there's the doubt. There's not the belief that they can beat anybody. Like I mean, before I, I think, last week, though they looked broken, man. I I, I know at times they were not I, I having know, fun. I know they they didn't look like they were having fun, but I don't think there was a like I don't think there was a 
sitting around there where they're like, man, I don't, man, I don't think we can, I don't think we can beat the bill, the bills. I don't, know. I don't think we it was said out Titans. loud, but I think it was understood. I, yeah, I think I, that team had a lack of confidence and I think I, they I, needed that performance to get it back. Listen, I, I think last week helped big time, but I like, as we sit right here, like I don't believe inside the locker room because of everything that you just talked about. Like they, they lived that in 2019. They lived being down to the Texans and then being down to the Titans and then being down to the Niners. And they, like they've, they've, they've played so many games together. There is still that let us just, here, let us just get into the tournament. We know what we can do. We know we've been here before and we know when the lights shine and, and get going, we'll, we'll get things done. And that's why I think last week was the oh damn moment to the other pieces of the league. And then I think even whatever little ounce of confidence or move forward they needed, they did it because it, it's like they were able to do what they got to do and they proved that they could do it and they proved that they can put up 40 points on the board and that teams, all right, if you're going to play us like this, we we got it now. Smart people came together to figure out what it is that we need to do. Andy, Eric. Pat, Travis, all those guys came together. This is what we need to do. And it was like, oh, damn, they can putt now. Like what Happy Gilmore said, oh, Happy learned how to putt. Like they can putt now. And they can take like the small stuff, the the, the little stuff, and they can, you know, slow death kill you to 41 points like they did against the Raiders. I think they put that out there. And like, I so I just, I don't know. I just don't know that this group lacked the belief that they can win. Now, I think for us and for other people around, they needed to see the Chiefs do something. But I think if the Chiefs go out there and they played in two weeks, in three weeks, in four weeks against the Buffalo Bills, against the Tennessee Titans, against the Ravens, that they have – I don't believe they, they sit there and think, we got to beat the Cowboys to prove for ourselves that we can beat those teams. I think that's already in there. I think maybe, the Cowboys maybe, might have a little it, bit of that. It, it's fake. Like they, they might believe that, but it's fake. <laughs> it's not based on anything real what? because this team hasn't sure accomplished anything. No, sure this team, this specific team, has accomplished nothing to instill that kind of confidence. It's but irrational. You, you can't. It's the same thing as Swaggy P putting up a team. three. Okay, that's not fair. Let's not. It, it is. It's a. It's Nick. the irrational confidence guy that you would see in the NBA, where yeah, he's going to keep putting up the threes, and he's going to believe that they're going in. There's no reason to believe that it's actually going in. It's based on nothing in reality. I understand they have Patrick Mahomes, and if they do actually get this win on Sunday, hey man, there's real belief and expectations as to what they're going to be doing against these quality opponents. But so far this year, when they've gone up against quality opponents, they have not succeeded. They did not play very well against the Chargers. They got skunked against the Bills. They got absolutely destroyed in the worst loss of Patrick Mahomes' regular season career against the Titans. Those are the quality opponents that you've seen so far on the schedule. This is another one. If they lose this game, Ron, and this is why I think it is so important for them, because in terms of the actual record, it doesn't much matter. It's a non-conference, non-divisional opponent. They do not play into most of the tiebreaker stuff. So this game in the grand scheme of things for the Chiefs doesn't matter a ton. But when it comes to our belief, and I do believe internally their belief, if they're being honest, if you add them on truth serum, uh, I think it matters because this is your last chance to prove yourself against a real contender if they beat the Raiders last week and then lose to the Cowboys, there's going to be some internal doubt for you, for me, for Serta. If you're being honest with yourself, every one of you listening right now, if they lose against the Cowboys, you're going to say to yourself, and maybe you're not being honest and you're just have the irrational swaggy P confidence. That's fine too. But you'll say to yourself, okay, they did it against the Raiders. They were able to do it for a week. And then we saw them revert back to the team that they had been for the majority of the season. That's the fear. And so if they're able to close that fear, they close that door and they say, we have moved on from that era of what we were for whatever, six, seven weeks. Cool. Awesome. Now you're coming off of the bye. You're playing against divisional opponents. That's when this team really succeeds. We all know what they're going to do against the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. They'll be fine there. I'll, I'll believe. 
I got to see it on Sunday one more time. Yeah, I, I think you got to see it. But I, but what I, as I continue to reference, like I don't think it's fair to just cue up the Swaggy P type of scenario here because I don't think I think you cannot not allow this group to think back to them being six and four and people saying the same things that they were saying in 2019 when they went on a bad streak and then they turned and then what did they do from that point? They turned it up and won a Super Bowl. Right, like that, and, that team and, didn't have Mahomes. <laughs> like, it's not the same. No, but 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 this is a but this is a group that's been through stuff that has been through a situation oh. where they have they have struggled, and then they've had to return. Like this this crew, is, I don't think you can just signify and just say this one year they haven't proven themselves. This is a group that's been together for three or four years that has proven to themselves that they can win against anybody on the biggest stage and come back from any deficit. And I can't, and I don't think it, I I can't, I don't think it's fair to just say that isn't, that isn't a part of their psyche, right? Like to me, I think they think, all right, let's get one tune up game in. All right, bam, that's, that's us. We know we can turn it. Like, I think it's dangerous. I think they believe they can turn it on and off. We watched them do it all the time last year. And I think they've done a little bit this year. They turn it on and off, and we can go. And we can go because we know we can go. I, I think this is a type of group where you can't take an, uh, you can't ignore these two other Super Bowl runs the last two years that they've made as a group together and the things they've been through. I think they have a huge amount of – you've got a huge amount of confidence when you go to back-to-back Super Bowls and you win one, especially the way that they did it. And there are so many people, especially the core of this group, that were on those teams, the leaders of this group that were on those teams. So I, I, I think that level of confidence inside. Now, to the fans, I think the fans sit there and want to prove something. I think we look there and say, man, they got to beat the Cowboys. Because, because we're being honest. <laughs> we're gonna, no, but I think they're being they're being honest to themselves, too, how they feel. Oh. They got to like, – I'm telling you, they get to just get us to the – just get us to the playoffs. I think they, they don't care where they play. They don't care who it is. Let's just get us to the playoffs because when big games start, this is, the, I think, the level of confidence they have. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised by it because of what they've accomplished. Yeah, but I, I agree that they're a confident bunch and, and rightfully so. I think most professional athletes are, are confident, even when it's irrational. This team, maybe, maybe what I was seeing wasn't a lack of confidence. Maybe it was just frustration because it just wasn't working the way that it usually works. And so maybe they were just real frustrated and we mistook that for them losing confidence because they looked plenty confident last week, but this is still uncharted territory for the makeup of this team. Like you were just talking about what this team has done together and what they've accomplished and why they're so confident. Like the start that they have had this year is uncharted territory for them. Patrick Mahomes, this is the worst slump of his career, which you know, maybe last week was the start of him coming out of that and turning things around. But this is still uncharted territory in this game where for the first time in Patrick Mahomes career, this game matters more for the Chiefs than it does the Dallas Cowboys because the Chiefs have to prove this to themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, I because think, I think they have to beat this team to, to know that they can do it. I think that's insane. You think that you think you think in this game that the Chiefs need to prove more to themselves than the Dallas Cowboys, the Chiefs that yes. have been to the last two Super Bowls that have won big in this I don't know how recently. you can disagree with that. Recently. What are the Cow- what are the Cowboys done? How many how this many great year? teams? They're one of the best yeah. teams in football right now. Uh, yeah, they're fantastic. How many, no, they're a good football team, but what have they done to make themselves believe, boy, we can beat anybody? Like we've got the proof of big like what? What have they? What? What uh, has they've this got? One done? of the deepest rosters in the NFL. No, no, and no, no. They've been playing without their All-Pro left tackle, is, and Randy Gregory's hurt now. They haven't even had Demarcus Lawrence is, yet. Like we haven't even seen that defense at full strength. This is like the Chiefs in 2018 when Patrick Mahomes came on, and boy, they looked good. They looked like they're a really good football team, but they really hasn't proven proven it to themselves because they haven't won any big games that matter yet, right? Because they haven't done much, right? And this is a Cowboys team that hasn't done a damn thing in the last several years. This is the first year they've done it. They have not, they don't have a win like this. They didn't beat the Bucs to start the year. 
They don't have a win. To, like the Chiefs have been to back-to-back Super Bowls. They don't prove nothing to themselves. Like if they beat the if 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 they, if they lose to the Cowboys, they're not gonna. I don't believe they're in there saying, "Oh God, guys, whew, we can't we can't do it." Like no, man, they've been. They, this is a this is a group in the Cowboys who haven't been in the playoffs in several years. I think this you're just relying of- too much on history. Like what what had Atlanta done before they went to the Super Bowl in 2017? What had Philly done before they went to the Super Bowl in 2018? What had the Rams done before they went to the Super Bowl in 2019? What had the 49ers done before they went to the Super Bowl in 2020? Like these teams just they come out of nowhere and we don't believe in them until it gets like week 15, 16, 17. And then we're like, oh, damn, I guess the 49ers are really good. Um, And the answer is, yeah, they were excellent. And right now, that team for me that I think people are sleeping on, including what you're doing right now, Ron, is the Cowboys. They're scoring 32 points per game so far this year. The defense has been excellent at creating turnovers. They have been so far this year. You can make a legitimate argument the most consistent in the best team in the sport. And yes, I'm also acknowledging they got their ass kicked. Two weeks ago against the Broncos, everybody at this point has one game that they just, you look back on, you're like, what in the hell happened there? Everybody's got, it's almost like when you were in uh, middle school or high school and your teacher would say, we're dropping your lowest test score. That's basically what I'm doing with a league right now because everybody's got the outlier game. Other than that, they've been incredibly consistent. The offense has been outstanding. Dak Prescott looks like a legit MVP candidate. I have every reason to believe that this Cowboys team is legit. I can't say that right now about the Chiefs. I believe in them, but it's irrational for me to do so. I believe in them based on their history. It's very little about what I've seen so far this year outside of literally last week. But what we're discussing and what Serta said is that to prove to themselves, like the proof to themselves, like they got to, this is a game where the Chiefs need to prove to themselves more than it's everybody this game. else. To 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 win this game, and what I'm saying, and that's ludicrous. Like, not more so they, than the so Cowboys. They can, so they can go out and get destroyed by the Cowboys by 30 points, and you think it's not going to mess with their psyche moving no, forward? I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the Cowboys, whose best win is against the Patriots or the Chargers, whichever one you want to say, on the road. This is a group that hasn't done a damn thing. Like they don't. They don't have. They won a playoff game. I don't know how long ago that was against Russell Wilson in Seattle, but at least three years ago. And many of these, like many of these core guys, aren't still there. Like this is a group that feels like they're like all those teams you named. You named uh, BK. Yeah, I like I believe in the Cowboys, but I'm saying to the Cowboys themselves, they ain't won no big games. Like they don't have anything to reach back upon to say, "Hey man, we've been here before. We've won these big level games." Like this, this is the biggest level game that this core group's ever played. But neither had any of those players, th- those teams that we're talking about. Well, I, I, I know, and that's that's start, like the, the last five NFC teams no, that made the Super don't, Bowl. But they don't walk into the game with the pure confidence of, man, we don't need like we don't need to prove this. We don't need to prove much to ourselves. We don't need to prove much to ourselves. What I'm saying is, there's one team that this is the biggest game they've ever played together, their core. And then there's another team who's been to the last two Super Bowls with their core that have played in much bigger games than this. I'm not saying this isn't a big game for either team, but if we're going to sit here and say which team needs this game to prove it to themselves, one team has won a Super Bowl, the other team's core this is their biggest game they've ever played to date. Oh, I, I think I, I think I figured out where the difference is. The Chiefs aren't the measuring stick anymore. Like that that that's what the difference is. The Cowboys are the measuring stick for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not the measuring stick for the Cowboys. And that's I, I maybe that is what's the different differentiation between where Serta's at and where you're at, Ron. And I, I, I think the thing that we're stuck on is proving it within the, the locker room versus to the outside. Yeah. Um I, I don't much care about the difference between those two like whether you're proving it to us or the fans or the media whoever like it's just proving it to whoever um but the Chiefs to me at this point given where we're at in the season and given how little they've accomplished against quality opponents I I don't view them as the gauge for these other teams now I view these other teams as the gauge for them I know you don't but I'm telling you in that in that locker room from the Cowboys 
for this group up to this point at least, you don't think the Chiefs are the gauge or a gauge for them? They're a measuring stick for this group, like this game right here on the road at Arrowhead in Kansas City. I know the Chiefs are 6-4 and four and they've had some struggles and they've lost some games and they've looked silly. But Patrick Mahomes is still walking through that door. Travis sure. Kelsey is still walking through that door. Andy Reid is still walking through that door. Tyreek Hill is still walking through that door. The guys that won a Super Bowl and been to the last two Super Bowls are still walking through that door. This damn sure is a measuring stick game for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Up to this point, I'm not saying it ain't the best one, but I think week one for them was against Tampa. 100%. And I think this one is for them. For them. And and for the Chiefs, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are a measuring stick game for them. Uh, like they they played in big games. For this one, I think I think they they would like to win it. And this is a big. I'm not gonna, gonna they're gonna play, but I don't think they feel the pressure that if they lose this, they're gonna go the rest of the way feeling like they don't have proof to themselves that they can win a big game. No, yeah. they've won. Uh, so the, the Chiefs are gonna game. get blown out by the Cowboys then because they. Don't I didn't care say that. Game. I don't. I didn't say that. You did. You, you, someone said 30. I didn't say that, <laughs> son of a gun. God, I, I love it when we get fired up on this. Well, I'll get what, one other quick thing like, a big reason why this is a measuring stick game for the Cowboys, if you believe that to be true, is just because their, their schedule's trash. They don't play the Packers this year, yeah. they don't, uh, they don't play Arizona, the Rams, like they, they don't play the top contenders in the NFC, not named the Bucks. And so, that's that's why this is a measuring stick game for them. If they played other quality opponents, I think there would be other ones that they might look at. I think they play Arizona late. I think they play Arizona late. Do they? Yeah, they play Arizona the second to the last week of the season. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the rest It'll of the It'll be a bigger game for them than the Chiefs. They'll, maybe, they'll view that as a bigger bigger measuring stick game. Yeah, than it, this it, one, this it may be at that point. But for right now, on the road at Arrowhead, this group of Dak with C.D. Lamb – and 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 Pollard and Zeke and Micah Parsons, like this core group right now, this is by far um, up to this point. You can maybe you can say the Bucks, but this is by far. Uh, but I would even argue they don't really know what they were about. Like the, Dak is coming back from an injury. This is the first game of the season. I, I like this group knows what they're about. They're one of the best teams in football, and this is their biggest test up to this point especially with the Chiefs coming off of, of hanging 41 on the Raiders. God, this is beautiful. Hot sex. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is going to be a fun one. I'm excited it's about it. this matchup. It's, 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 a, it. it's a really compelling matchup between these two teams. All right, so let's, let's jump to it then. When the Chiefs have the ball, as we do every week, I think one of the things that jumped to me is last week um, – we saw them saying, all right, we're going to take what you give us. Finally, they're going to take what you can give us. And a big part about that was uh, the guy who was over 100 yards, who had more yards receiving than Tyreek Hill in the game, and a guy who made a ridiculous catch on a throw that Patrick Mahomes had no business throwing. Um, and that is Daryl Williams out of the backfield. He was amazing. What, he had nine targets and nine catches. He's over 100 yards and a touch. They should be getting, if I'm right, fellas, they should be getting Clyde back this week, right? Clyde is back. And God dog it, can we please see that? Can we see Clyde being involved in the passing game? Like we saw what Daryl Williams did, and maybe I'm maybe I'm drunk off my ass, but I believe that Clyde, Clyde Edwards Alaire is, I would think, superior in the passing game if he got as many touches as Daryl Williams. The guy I saw in college at LSU was devastating in the passing game with Joe Burrow for LSU, and that was one of the things that you really thought could point. This Chiefs team's got to get taken to another level. They've got a, they've got you know a Swiss Army knife back there who can run the ball uh, and, and catch balls out of the backfield like that. And they weren't using them and haven't used them. And we saw how effective Williams was last week and the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you on just little swing routes, on little easy routes where he had a bunch of room in, 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 in front of him. See, I feel like Williams is getting those 10, 11 yards. I feel like Clyde has a chance to make big chunk plays off that. I feel like Clyde has a chance to take 10, 11 to maybe 15 to 20. And, 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 and he runs through tackles. He can make people miss at a much better rate. 
I would hope when he comes back, they use that skill set and finally saw what they were able to do with Williams and use it with Clyde. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're right. I think Clyde would be better in that role. I think he is a more dynamic football player. I think he is a better receiver than Daryl Williams. For whatever reason, Ron, I don't think there's trust there. I mean, you can see it with the usage. Over the last six weeks, we've seen Daryl Williams get at least four targets in every game. There have been zero games this year in which Clyde Edwards-Hilaire received at least four targets. Zero. Every one of the last six, Daryl got there. None of his games this year has Clyde. For whatever reason, they're just not going to him in the passing game. I think they're wrong for doing so. Maybe that changes because now they're not trying to work in McColl as much. Now they're not trying to work in Josh Gordon the way they were whenever he first got into the mix. Like There are reasons to believe maybe this can change. But as of today, Daryl Williams is their pass game running back. And he's probably going to be in there on third down. And it's going to drive all of us nuts. But he's capable. So as of right now, it's hard for me to argue with it coming off of the performance we just saw from him over his last three weeks. He's caught 18 of the 19 targets for 170 yards. He's been pretty damn effective in the passing see, game. See, his performance sort of makes me even more emboldened to think that they need to get Clyde involved that way because, as you said, I think Clyde's better. I think Clyde can do more. With that, and it wasn't just third downs; they were hitting him on first down on swing routes. Like they were, they were Pat. This was like the first game where Mahomes was like, "All right, I'm going to consistently take this. There is not a soul between eight yards in front of the running back. If I just throw the ball to us, swing it out there to him, I'll just keep killing him with this." And he was doing it, and and it's just going to be there for the taking if these teams continue to play like they were. And they did it against the Packers. He did it. You know, he wasn't as he wasn't as consistent in doing it in that game. He still tried to take shots down there. But if they are as consistent as he was with the Raiders and it worked, like it's just there. I got, I just – they have to explore that part of this, his game. I just have to. Well, it is frustrating because when they took him and you think about players who were available, like on the board, like can you imagine DeAndre Swift <laughs> in this – offense like the way that he's utilized and instead we got Clyde who you just refuse to utilize in the passing game. I wonder game. if they would refuse to use Swift too. And well and so that but that's kind of been the thing for a long time is that oh the Chiefs just don't need to do that. You know Mahomes is going to get him downfield anyways and he doesn't take check downs because his eyes are always downfield and we've kind of seen a shift as of late and I, I thought it was especially apparent last week that they're running some of the more familiar Alex Smith type of stuff. And I think Clyde would thrive in that kind Mm -hmm. of offense. I would love to see Clyde in that kind of offense, because one thing that I haven't seen from him in the NFL is like, he just doesn't look like a overly dynamic NFL player. And part of that, I think is just because of how they've used him in the run game and not in the passing game. So I would love to see that version of Clyde because if Daryl can climb a ladder and jump over a safety and grab a touchdown pass, I'd like to see Clyde do something like that yeah, too. I, I don't want to see Clyde do that. I, I just want to see them let Clyde catch swing routes or or two-way goes against linebackers and let him eat. Like, Get him in space. Would, let, yeah. Let's see what Clyde looks like in space in because space. I, I promise you it is better than what Daryl Williams looks like in it space. It is. And Daryl not was a shot effective. against Daryl. Yeah. yeah Daryl was effective, but he's just better at it. Like he would be better at it, and he's proven that. So I hope I hope that was a sign where I hope it was a game plan thing. Because yeah, your numbers are correct with Daryl Williams. Obviously, he's gotten more touches, but it feels like to me by by the eye that the last two weeks they've made more of a concerted effort to throw the ball as a safety valve to the backs. Like that was all right. They're going to play too deep like this. We're going to hit the backs and get easy yards. So I'm hoping that it's just become a, a now a scheme thing that they're looking to it, a, a, a deal of which they're doing and not just because they prefer Daryl over Clyde. So I hope that's something uh, you also moved also mentioned this when the chiefs have the ball about, McCole Hardman, they're not using him as much. That was very clear. That was 
that was probably the most telling thing that we saw to me in the game last week is his usage rate. He just wasn't out there as much. And it looked like, you know, uh, Byron Pringle was out there more. And it looked like uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson was out there more. And it seemed like the only time they were really using him was uh, to, to try to get something off of that, you know, that motion, that, 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 uh, speed, what, that, whatever the hell that's called, where he comes around on that. The jet sweep. Yeah. Yeah. The jet sweep, excuse me. They were, that, that seemed like that was the only time they were using him. Um, I did like the dig route that he got across early in the game where he got for 27 yards. I feel like that's something that they should use him in space like that. Um, but it did appear that they backed off of him. Hell, they weren't even letting him catch punts or kickoffs. Like he wasn't even involved in special teams. So something with McColl has backed them off of him, and I wonder is that going to be something that continues? You you would say it should after you score forty one points against the Raiders. Yeah, I think it was pretty clear that this was a, something that's potentially going to be a trend. Uh, this is the snap count leaders at receiver last week for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill was at fifty six. Byron Pringle was second among receivers with 46, 46 snaps. Uh, surprisingly enough, I know you didn't see him used, but Josh Gordon was out there running wind sprints. <laughs> he, That's right, baby. He finished the game with 33 snaps. Demarcus Robinson was uh, fourth among all receivers with 26, and McCall Hardman coming in at fifth with 24 snaps last week. They went to a different offense. Like you mentioned, uh, or Serta, that this was more of the Alex Smith offense. It wasn't so many different ways. They also utilized their tight ends a lot more. They had them on the fields a lot more often than they have in recent weeks. You saw Noah Gray out there 33% of the time. Blake Bell, our boy, Blake Bell. I've always believed in him. He was out there for 24 snaps, 33% of the time as well. You're seeing them play that 12 and 13 personnel, which is one running back, two or three tight ends, a lot more often right now. I think some of that is because they're down their top two right tackles, and so they're giving a little bit more help, as they should, uh, over there on the right side. I think some of it is just, why do we need to put these extra receivers out there when we don't believe really in any of them? We might as well just go out there and put some big bodies to get better matchups for our tight end. So I think that's what you're watching right now. I think it's going to be a trend. I think they've given up on McCall Hardman you think as a number two receiver. Andy said, why the hell are we putting them out there if they can't even get open? What, yeah. are, we, what are we doing? Let's, let's, let's just run more. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if this is something that continues, uh, if this was a matchup thing with the Raiders. I know they were concerned with Crosby uh, on the edge, and 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 it, I mean, we saw many many times that Kelsey was just flat out over there, flat to help, and then he would go out on his pass routes to help Wiley over there. We'll see if it's a matchup thing uh, with 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 especially with Hardman. Um, it'd be interesting to see this week with the Cowboys if we see a similar thing. I think the telling thing to me was he wasn't returning punts, like, and he didn't come in after Mike Hughes fumbled. Like he didn't, like they didn't change it again. They continued with Mike Hughes. That was that that made it feel like to me that it was it was something like like I don't want to say personal, but at least specific to him. Um, uh, that that they were they were shutting him down. So uh, that's something to watch to see if this this whole McCole Hardman thing is if Andy and Eric have just said to hell with it, man. I'm I'm just gonna get my man in here for these jet sweeps. That's it. Speaking of the receivers, Ron, Tyree Kill last week was close. He almost had one of those explosion weeks that we've seen from him in recent years. Hell, even at times this year, like against uh, Philadelphia. They were mm-hmm. right there. It was the first time in a while we've seen them get that close to connecting on some big-time plays. I hope that we see more of that this week because Trevon Diggs is an awesome corner, but he is the modern version. He is the new version of Marcus Peters. OMP. You can get him. You can get him. He's going to get you eventually. But you can pick on them a little bit for some big plays. And this week, if they keep going back to what they tried a week ago and the Raiders' defense is very similar systematically to what you'll see from the Cowboys, uh, maybe this could be another big week for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that, as we continue to talk about, when the Chiefs have the ball, I'd like to see uh, an improvement on. 
Um, listen, teams are teams are hell bent. If we've watched and we've talked about it week after week after week, they are not going to let. They're going to try not to allow big plays to get them with the Chiefs. They're I mean, absolutely playing coverage in that fashion. They don't want big plays to beat them. But the Chiefs have had a few chances, and it feels like they may get one or two chances a game. They got they got to up the mark of connecting on those. There were at least two sort of last week where Tyreek should have had big time plays. Now I would I'd consider the one where they hit Pringle on for the touchdown. They were able to pull that one off. But they had they had a chance for a couple of big plays, and they may only they they may only get two or three a game, like like real opportunities to make big plays. I would just like to see the rate go up because. There's just a couple times, fellas, these guys are good enough on both ends of it, the quarterback end and the receiver end, and somehow to make a connection. I don't know if it was a miscommunication on the type of route, if, if he thought it was going to be more of a post or he flattened out or something, but they've got to they've do a better job of connecting on the few opportunities teams are going to allow them to hit home runs because they're, they've actually been there. They just They've just completely whiffed on them. Well, and if this offensive game plan, like if this is something that we do see moving forward and it's something that they continue to move in and thrive in and they start putting up points again at a rate that we're used to them doing, then adding the deep ball, the big plays to that, even if it's twice a game, like that feels like it's the last piece, right? Like it's the last thing that's going to put this thing over the top and they just haven't been good at hitting those. Like, yeah, there was a couple last week's game where I was sitting on my couch and I like jumped up because I thought it was I thought it was finally the play that was going to like lead to the explosion of the Chiefs offense again. And they just couldn't connect. But it feels like they're really close. It feels like it's going to happen. If it's three of them, just give me one. Like just just get one of them as as a big play to connect. They just they just had some that they just didn't they just didn't connect on and they they got to they've got to clean that up and do a better job of hitting hitting those home runs when they get a chance vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, let's look at the Cowboys, and this is a this is a big time offense now. Uh, and they're, they may be the best offense in the game, and now they're even more healthy with their line. Um, I know for you, the the linebackers for the Chiefs, this is a a big one. Last week, um, last week there was some concern um, uh, with down the field stuff with the Raiders, as they like to go down the field more. But this week, I know the linebackers potentially are going to be in coverage. Dak loves to use his tight ends and his running backs out of the backfield uh, to get easy plays there. And that certainly, for this crew, is not their strength. 
the Ben Neemans of the world, the Nick Boltons of the world, and you know who. Your boy Tony. That's 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 not their strength. And I know there's a big concern for you there with the Chiefs linebackers on Sunday. Yeah, so the the running backs for the Cowboys this year have right around 60 targets in nine games for them this season. They are heavily involved in their passing game. And last week, what we saw the Raiders do a few times, and it worked a couple of times, but they didn't they didn't actually go to it as often as I would have expected. They would motion their running back as like an isolated player on the backside, and they would get a one-on-one situation with Anthony Hitchens and coverage. Anthony Hitchens against the Raiders running backs is one thing. Anthony Hitchens one-on-one against Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott in coverage, that's another thing entirely. That is a terrifying thought. Those guys in open space against him is not something that I want to see. And so in this game, that is one thing that I'm going to be focusing in on is, do the Chiefs make an adjustment in those scenarios? Do they decide, you know what? We don't know how much we trust Willie Gay in those one-on-one situations, but he's the only guy that we got that has the athleticism to be able to defend these players one-on-one. I think that's what you're going to have to do, because yeah, I don't, I don't try, I, 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 I don't trust anybody else. I, I, I don't. I mean, I know Anthony; he's going to sweat really hard, and uh, and 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 he's going to. I think he's going to give everything he's got, and the look on his face is going to show it. But he's not gonna be—he's not gonna be moving very fast. And you're right; I, it feels like he's the only option, like the best option for them right now that you could feel like more consistently can get it done. Yeah, he—he's got to be the guy. And I—I I mean, maybe Dorian O'Daniel, but let's be honest, that guy ain't seeing the field. So <laughs> defensively, the, the only have, option you really—I can't have. believe he's still on the team. I just—Dave I, I, Tubb loves him. He does, man. God, dog, boy. Him, Marcus Kemp, these guys here just stay on the field. But, but no, I mean, there, yeah, there is no other option. There's one other option, technically. You want to see Dan out there? Listen, man. He got almost 50% of the snaps last week, and he got a pick. I was so happy for him. God, that was great. It was the worst thing to happen to the Chiefs. <laughs> it was the worst thing to happen. I I could feel the anger from Andy Reid. Just, I think Andy went off on Juan when he came off. Like, you got to get there in front of him. Now that nut, he shouldn't have been out there to begin with to get it. Listen, I, uh, it was, first off, I'm really, I'm really concerned with Steve Spagnola. Like, this is officially coming crazy. Steve Spagnola is, is is running some sort of therapy group uh, or or something? He's worked with at risk youth or something. This is him after the game or this week. Boy, he was happy as heck for Dan on that interception. <laughs> Dan getting that int. I don't like to give up on people. Yeah, I know. We know you don't like to give up on him. <laughs> Taco Charlton, some were saying the hell you don't like to give up on people. We know you just don't like to give up on Dan. And it's the worst thing happened. What he played fifty percent of the snaps. How did yeah. we get there? And, and and you know, Spags is going to convince himself that it was Dan who stopped Darren Waller. It was Dan who who slowed down Darren Waller. That wasn't thirty two out there who was on him. It was Dan. And Dan will come out here and he'll waltz Dan's ass out there, and he will get torched by these guys in the secondary because somehow he'll end up on Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb somehow by himself. Or, or that Schultz character, that tight end, is licking his chops uh, to go against him. You don't and, want him on Michael Gallup either. Yeah, Michael that's Gallup. the thing. They've got like five <laughs> weapons that I don't oh, want to see him on. Listen, no, you don't want him on Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson's good. Once yeah. again, Andy's got to step up to the plate and not dress him. He's got to be inactive because you have to take it away. Because now he got an interception last week. You think Dan slows down? Hell no. Dan's coming more and more in this thing. And it's just, it, it's, it's, I don't like to give up on people. That's why you don't have the job in, in St. Louis. That's why you don't have some of those jobs that you had before because you're still hanging on to God's unchanging hand with players like Dan Sorenson, <laughs> who continues to prove to you he doesn't deserve to be on the field 50% of the time. And I'm out here like, 
I like I don't even get mad anymore when I see Dan out there. I just chalk it up and just hope you just say to yourself, is there a way he can get in the way to not allow us to be a touchdown? Because it's gonna get caught. But is it is it gonna be a touchdown? And I mean, you know that you know what this is going to be like. I mean, Dan, I can I don't even want to say this. Dan is the guy at pickup basketball games, and he is the white guy at pickup basketball games that everyone on the other team tries to continue to screen roll to match up against him to get the switch so they can switch (laughs) and get Dan on them. And every time, all right, clear out, move. I got Dan. Dak is going to sit back there every time out. Who can we get on Dan? Who can we get on Dan? Let me get someone in motion to see if this is man. Oh, it's man. Who's Dan got? That's where we're going. And he's going to do it all day long. And Spags is going to be a willing participant in allowing it to happen because he just can't get enough of them. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I will never understand his commitment for, to this gentleman. That's and yet word. it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. And this week, you're going to see a lot of Dan Sorensen. Like the way that oh. the Cowboys play, you're going to see him on the field a ton because they spread it out. You're going to see CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, and Michael Gallup on the field, along with Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Like All of these weapons that they have available to them, you're going to see a lot, a lot of Dan Sorensen. And he's going to be lined up one-on-one consistently against some of these dudes. And Dak Prescott is their quarterback. He can't he can't guard a single one of them. Like maybe no. maybe if they roll out an offensive lineman, Dan's got a chance. He cannot guard a single skill position player on this offense. No, I the don't only think he... way you can tell me that I can understand why Dan would be on the field more often this week oh, is if I'm he is legitimately here. playing linebacker. I like he is the replacement for Ben Neiman. That's the only way I'm listening to it because otherwise it, it just I mean they're gonna they're gonna target yeah. it. Yeah, I don't I don't see him one on one with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott going well either. I uh, but it's it's whatever. I know the one thing is you speaking of Dak is um you know what Spags wants to do. One we know Spags has um unconditional uh confidence and commitment to Dan Sorensen. But the other thing that he does is he's gonna blitz like hell. And that's kind of been the thing that they have done that has worked for them. They've gone, especially in big moments, I can, I can distinctly remember the fourth down against the Packers where he just sent a blitz to just hmm. rush Jordan, Jordan Love to get the ball out quick. That seems to be his go-to here. Um, Dak Prescott, that's a dangerous, dangerous proposition if you're going to try to live that way. They need Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, uh, to get pressure where he doesn't feel the need to have to blitz. Although I think he's going to do it anyway because that's what he does. It's a dangerous thought with Dak. The only quarterbacks this year who have been blitzed more often than Dak Prescott in the NFL are Lamar Jackson, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. Those are the only three. Dak is fourth in the league when it comes to uh, the amount of blitzes that he has seen. On the 100 dropbacks in which he has been blitzed so far this year, he has thrown 15 touchdowns. He has only been sacked twice on 100 dropbacks. That is seven more touchdown passes than any other quarterback in the league has against blitzes. And it is the lowest sack rate of any quarterback in the league against the blitz. So you're not sacking him. You're not forcing interceptions against him. And he's throwing a boatload of touchdowns against you. Well, I mean, as as certain you know, he's just got guys that can win immediately. Like, I mean, if you're going, if you're, if he, think about it, Mike Hughes, one on one with any of them, like, what, all of them, one on one, Charvarius, one on one, like his guys can win quickly, and in the open space. And I think the biggest thing for me with Dak is Dak has always had championship level uh, intangibles. Like, I think that's his superpower is he is his intangibles, everything off the field. His play has now started to catch up to his intangibles. Like, his his superpower was 
all the other stuff that he does and how he can handle the team and how he can handle Jerry and how he can handle being the Cowboy quarterback. But his his play on the field is starting to catch up with that. And it's dangerous. I remember the game I remember is the Patriots tried to do that. He was absolutely killing them on that. And and that's a that's just a dangerous thought because he's not he's not the same Dak where his skill level is going to get him get him in trouble. He can he he can spin the ball now and play and read and understand things better now. Do you guys think people like the casual Chiefs fan that just watches the Chiefs games on Sunday? And this is not me putting them down. I'm just like to to specify what I'm referring to here. The casual Chiefs fan who probably listens to us and watches all the Chiefs games, but doesn't watch much of the rest of the league. Do you think people realize how good Dak Prescott is? No, no, because people because... people still try to have an argument about whether or not he's elite, and he's always been elite. Now no, he no, is no. playing at a Hall of Fame caliber level, like he's that good now. Yeah, I don't think quarter... he's always been elite. I I think he's really coming into it now. I think he put up a bunch of numbers, but those numbers weren't meaning anything to wins. I think now he, he you can t- see he's got the mental part of the game as well as as everything else. Like it, his everything he's doing is now like affecting winning in a major way. Like there were many like there was many times where he was putting up effective numbers uh, because they were down and losing. But now, man, he's just like he's got control of everything out there. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. Yes. Like he's he's unbelievable in diagnosing things pre-snap. He might be the best quarterback in the league right now at diagnosing things pre-snap. I don't know how many guys I would take ahead of him. Like just for the rest of this season, forget long-term futures, because um, he's obviously way up there on that list. Dak Prescott is awesome. And when you're going into this game on Sunday, normally the Chiefs have the decided advantage at quarterback, and they do on Sunday. I'll take Patrick Mahomes over anybody. I'll I'll take him number one on my list still. But the gap in this game is about as small as it can get in the NFL when it comes to quarterback margin between the Chiefs and any other team. And going up against this Chiefs defense with the weapons that they have in Dallas – their offense in some ways reminds me a little bit, not the same, but a little bit of what the Chiefs used to be because of how consistent they are and how threatening they are from basically every guy that lines up out there. Every single player in that offense is a threat at all times. Yeah, Dak used to be much closer to Ryan Tannehill. Now I think Dak is much closer to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's he's moved yeah. that way as opposed to being in the Tannehill thing. Like he's always been in my mind one of the like top quarterbacks in the NFL. Like and maybe not like his first couple of years, but like since then I've always thought that he is just exceptional. And like just to kind of put into context like what you were talking about with like the way he's diagnosing things, the way he reads blitzes and stuff like that. Like that's like Peyton Manning esque operational yep. level, like what Dak Prescott is doing right now as a quarterback. He's playing the position as close to Peyton as any quarterback can in the modern game. Yeah, he's yeah, he, he, he yeah he's he's one to reckon reckon with. It, it'll be interesting to see where Mahomes uh, goes because at least in this year, I don't think it's going to mess with his confidence. But in this year, in these marquee quarterback uh, situations, he's been outplayed. He's been outplayed by by all of these in the, almost all of these matchups. And this is another one. This is a marquee guy that is in the same ballpark as him. Um, and we'll see how that goes. All right. We got to uh, we got to jump into the game that uh, that is sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. And uh, this week, man, I'm, I'm going to come to the folks that uh that listen to this and the people here arrowhead stadium the magic of arrowhead is this certified or imposter and the reason why i bring it up is like the building the the magic as i said (laughs) the magic of the building and i'm not calling it whatever that g-e-a-h whatever is it's arrowhead stadium to me all right that it has not been – like, it used to be in a matchup like this. The Chiefs are a good team. They're playing another good team, even if that team is slightly better. 
I can remember in the 90s, the Niners came in. I think they were better. The Packers have come in. If they're slightly better, the difference is you got to come to Arrowhead. You got to come to Arrowhead, especially Arrowhead at night. Good luck. You got to come here. And that sometimes and many times was the difference because the Chiefs just played better at home and the, the crowd was nuts. And they didn't really lose games like that unless, you know, Peyton Manning was on the other side. That magic has not been the same. They've been losing these big games at a much higher clip than normal. And I'm going to say right now, I hope maybe there's something proven differently. But Arrowhead and the magic of Arrowhead and the Chiefs playing at Arrowhead right now, it's an imposter. It's an imposter. It is no longer, to me, the difference in the game, the, the, the potential edge for the Chiefs playing at home, because it just hasn't been that way. So I think it felt that way against Green Bay, because I had mentioned this a few weeks ago where it was like, hey, you know, Chiefs in primetime games at home against opponents, has it had been the same? Has it had the same impact against those opponents that it used to? I think it did against Jordan Love. I, I think it caused him to have a little bit of havoc that he wasn't prepared for. And I think it was a big reason as to why the Chiefs won that game eventually. I just looked this up, Ron. In their last six home games in which the Chiefs were favored by less than four points. So we're talking close games or games when the opponent was favored. Doesn't happen a whole lot under Patrick Mahomes. They've lost five of their last six such games at home. Buffalo, the Chargers, I believe that was the one, though, that they had their backups in for what it's worth. The Vikings at home, they won. That was with Matt Moore. Green Bay at home, that was another one where they didn't have all of their starters. I think Patrick Mahomes missed that one, right? That yep. was the, the last State Farm Bowl that we were waiting on. Mm -hmm. And then you go back to Houston in 2019 and the Chargers in 2018. I think that's another one where uh, that was the two-point conversion. It just hasn't been the same. And so as of now, I think I'm with you. I think I would have to go imposter. I, so did, sad. I did feel like it was getting closer, though, with the way that the crowd impacted the game against the Packers. So I'm very curious to see what it looks like on Sunday against the Cowboys in a primetime matchup. I know it's 3 o'clock, but this is uh, the national game of the week. I still think it's certified. I, I just don't think, and I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me or anything like that. No, I just don't you think, don't? I don't think that home field is as big of a deal as we make it anymore. And I think it's been trending that way for the last several years. Like I know yeah. last year there was no fans, so that obviously played into it. I think there's small advantages that you can get, but in the modern day NFL where quarterbacks are so smart and quarterbacks can dictate so much at the line of scrimmage and get the ball out of their hands really quick and, and things like that. I think all of that stuff plays into the impact that fans can have in a football stadium. And so I, I think that affects everything, but Arrowhead stadium still the loudest of all of them. So if any place is going to have an effect on it, it's Arrowhead Stadium, so it's certified in the modern day NFL. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I still think I still think in football the 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 road matters. Like home field can be a, a big deal. Green Bay is just they just play different at home. There's a different energy, and there's just not that with the Chiefs. Like, and there used to be, there used to be a kind of a fear going into Arrowhead. There, I mean, there used to be that level of concern. It's not that anymore. Who Josh do you think Allen, has that now? I think Green Bay has it. Um, I think I think Buffalo has a really, really good uh, home field advantage. Um, I think people are, are – there's a, there's a deal there. Um, I think Seattle still does. I think that that place gets that that's a big because I think they, I think those teams play differently there. I think New Orleans, when they are whole in the Superdome, there is a there's a there's a home field advantage there. Um, and I, I mean, I just I don't know. The Chiefs just don't. There's there used to be a certain level of energy 
that that team would play in that was so different on the road. And you just don't, I mean, just don't see it anymore. For what it's worth, the Chiefs 0-5 against the spread this year at home. Um, there are only five teams in the NFL so far this year that are actually above 500 uh, against the spread at home this year. So uh, to to Serta's point, it's just been kind of rare that teams have really taken advantage of being at home. So this is not just a Chiefs thing. It's it's an NFL thing. The home field advantage is not what it once was for teams across the league. Uh, I think that's the case in Kansas City right now. I do think if this... If this thing gets back on track, you're going to see Arrowhead rocking again. And Green Bay was just a sign of what's to come. I think in the playoffs, it's going to be a huge advantage for the Chiefs it if they get be. to play at home. Because I think it, I think it was for them in, in, their, in 100%. Their, their Super Bowl run when there was fans. All right, uh, Dallas Chiefs coming up Sunday. What's, uh, what's your predictions, fellas? Sir, I'll let you get first on this one, man. All right, I'm, I'll go first then. On this I'm one. picking. <laughs> I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs, forty-one to thirty-eight. I really wanted to pick both teams to score in the fifty. I want this to be the twenty eighteen Rams Chiefs, but that's just not going to happen. So forty-one thirty-eight Chiefs. Mm. I am so torn on this one. I think this comes down to a last-second field goal, one way or the other. I think this is a really close game. I, just for sake of consistency, I'll go ahead and take the Cowboys on the road, 37-34. They end up winning walk-off kick by the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys on the road against Kansas City, but I think it's super close. Yeah, I think Michael Par- Micah Parsons is going to be a potential problem for this group and whatever they do with them with the Cowboys. But as I said last week, Happy learned how to putt. And the Chiefs have understood what they need to do in this offense, and they did it consistently against the Raiders, and I think they will continue to do that. Diggs has not seen the speed of Tyreek Hill and the the ability of the quarterback to make every single throw needed for that. I think the Chiefs will win this game, I'm thinking, by 10, 38, 28. Uh, at Arrowhead, and I think the Chiefs get back, and now people are going to be all over the Chiefs as they get to seven and four. And then this this schedule seems to kind of you know part a little bit for the Chiefs going forward. So I think the Chiefs will win this game uh, against the Cowboys, um, and um, they're going to be talk of the town. Going to be talk of the town for that. I might be in attendance for that ball game. I might I might try to make my way out there. For that ball game coming up on Ron's going to make Arrowhead matter again. It's beautiful. Damn right. I probably make it great again. Last time they did not win. You might be there. I won't be there. I don't. I don't get to go to games anymore. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't get to go to games anymore. Um, We want you to be comfortable at home. All right, fellas. Good times. That was a. That was fun as always. Showing BK on the Chiefs. We are drink or out.